episode 35 with my good friend Cody McBroom. In today's episode, we actually talk about training and nutrition for the first time. Cody and I take you through what it means to create an individualized approach within your coaching business, with your clients, or with your own specific training, if you're someone who wants to take your physique to the next level. Cody takes us through the story of how he got started, how he created his first blog, which then turned into what was known as Boom Boom Performance, which was a very, very, very internationally respected brand, uh, which is now known and rebranded to Tailored Coaching Method. So basically, this episode is all about going through what it means to be individualized from a nutrition perspective, from a training perspective, and then why the rebrand and why Cody was so inspired to create this brand beyond himself. If you love the episode and would like to support the podcast, I would ask for you to please head over to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. Tell a friend about the podcast. Do what you can to get this out. I would very, very much appreciate it. If you're here from Instagram, what's up? Share a screenshot of the podcast if you can on your story and be sure to tag me at Austin Current and also be sure to tag Cody at Cody.BoomBoom. Enjoy the conversation. All right, man, we're on, we're live, we're doing our thing. First off, this is all about the individual variability of training, the individual approach to training. And I want to kind of start out, this is rare that I start out on topic, (laughs) but I think it's important um, just for the flow of the podcast. And I think it's important for the message of the podcast. So just to stay very focused here from the onset. And so um, I want to kind of just start out and just frame the episode of that's what we're talking about. Everything, individual approach to training, nutrition, and everything that encompasses that. So kind of how I, so for those listening, I like we're kind of coming at this from many different angles and different facets. But earlier I sent a voice message to Cody and was just like, Hey man, do you want to kind of attack it this way? And, and so we both agreed on that. And so I think we're going to kind of go with approach of Cody mainly deals or more so deals with the nutritional side of things, um, within his business. And then I focus more and more on the training side of things in in our business and my business. So, um, or how I go about training clients, but from that standpoint, we still are looking at individualizing both and everything that we possibly can. And so I think the first question that I want to kind of like pose to you is what is that first thing that you're, you're doing to make sure that that process is being respected? I think like, and it's, it's, it's so obvious, but it's crazy that this is so neglected. Um, It's the assessment. And, you know, there's so many people who, I even, and this is actually like, I'm not, I'm never one to name names on a podcast. I won't drop any names, but I have a friend who started working with somebody, um, a company for training. And I was like, damn, that's dope. Like that. Cause they're like reputable. I really like their stuff. And he was like, yeah, that like, and I love the program, but I was kind of surprised that I applied, paid and got a program within 24 hours. And I was like, huh. And he was like, I mean, it takes me a long time to go through everything. And 
And I was like, well, maybe that's partially because you are a coach. You are well off. You have no injuries. You have experienced bodybuilding. It's like you need less of an assessment. But the whole point I'm making here is like, I think that everybody deserves an assessment. I don't think it's just like, hey, can you hold a dowel over your head and and squat? Because I want to see, you know, do you have knee valgus? Do you have ankle mobility issues? Do you have thoracic extension? Like, um, because obviously you can address the mechanics of those things and then build upon that. Um, and then in nutrition, what are your average, what's your average intake, the obvious calories and macros, but then also like, what's your meal pattern? Like your eating pattern? Like, what is it? Like, I, I'm a big one on this. Like I won't even start a nutrition plan if I can't see a weekday and a weekend because it's nine day difference, especially in gen pop. Sometimes, sometimes people are very regimented. Um, but I want to see that because there's some people who just, they're, there's like a missing block of time on their my fitness by every weekend or it's like on point friday binge saturday intermittent fasting all day sunday and it's creating these really poor relationships with food and i have to like consider that um and then the obvious things like are you getting enough whole foods nutrients so on and so forth um but then there's also the assessment of your your schedule your lifestyle um emotional intelligence like your goals um, what do you value? Uh, what foods do you hate? What foods do you love? Um, do you have any non-negotiables? Like I know for me, a non-negotiable is like one date night a week where I'm not touching a tracker. Like it's just, it doesn't matter. Like, and I'm not one to like binge go off the rails, but the whole purpose is to get away from my phone for a night and just drink some wine and just chill, um, with my wife. But that's part of the assessment. So I think like the overall like answer is just really, Assessing every aspect of the individual training, movement, nutrition, um, their lifestyle, their schedule, their stresses, their family situation, all those things, because all of those things and like kind of come together and help you practically deliver the program, right? Like we know what research tells us, but how you deliver that is really what makes a good pro- coaching program effective. Yeah. And I think the way, yeah. And the way you communicate it and deliver it, communicate it and ask of the client to perform it. And I think that one of the biggest things as far as coaching goes, and the more experienced you get as a coach, the better you get at asking good questions. And I think with assessments, and one thing I never really resonated with within my educational pursuits up to this point have been like looking at standardized par cues and standardized medical forms that just ask the most generic nonsensical questions that to what we do and what we're in your life to do are irrelevant. And obviously, you know, it's important to know if you have some heart problems in your family history, and it's important to know if you have a history of whatever this and that, but at the end of the day, as long as that is kind of considered and given a spot of, Hey, are there, is there anything that you need to tell me from a medical history standpoint, a metabolic disease standpoint, like anything that you need to tell me that is going to send up a red flag that we should maybe refer out to and fix beforehand. And as long as you, I think you have that you're, you're pretty good. And then you can start asking more targeted questions, more lifestyle based questions and things that actually are contributing to delivering a more individualized program, especially from a nutritional standpoint, because training is training. And I, you know, I I think one of the most beautiful things about training is it knows no border. It, It knows no 
specific language or ethnicity or whatever. It, it knows nothing. It just knows that it's load. It knows that it's resistance. And it's the same in every country you go to. And a barbell's a barbell, a dumbbell's a dumbbell. Although some may look different or look like a scary skull or something that wraps around your hand. But at the end of the day, it's resistance, right? And 45 pounds is the same no matter where you go or you know whatever you're looking at it in, in kilograms or what, however you're measuring it, load is load. And I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And so training is training, but nutrition from the standpoint of trying to individualize nutrition, it come, really comes down to asking good questions as the practitioner, as the coach and setting it up in a way that people can seamlessly and effortlessly execute it, which I think is a powerful, powerful thing. So the better you ask in questions from that standpoint, the better I think you can set up a plan that's effortless for someone. I, I, I actually, I agree hundred percent. I think that nutrition is, I, I don't like saying that nutrition needs to be more tailored or individual than training does necessarily that there are more nuances inside of it that need to be tweaked and changed along the way where there, there's some, some really good principles inside training that, that translate over very well. Um, and there's like, I love the saying, uh, methods are many principles are few methods often change principles never do that applies to nutrition too. Um, calorie balance, that is a principle, but there's so many different methods to apply a, uh, successful caloric intake or macro balance, whatever you want to call it. Um, and those things change so often with so many different people. I had a client or not a client, a, a podcast listener email me the other day and she listened to my nutritional periodization podcast and said, Hey, like I heard way back, you mentioned like a three week on one week off, like a deficit to diet break ratio. I was doing that and it worked well, but you didn't mention on this new one. Like, am I doing something wrong? Is that not a good strategy anymore? And I was like, no, that's great. Like keep doing it. If it's working for you. I was like, but that's just a method. Like the principle is that you need to follow a deficit with some kind of maintenance period to avoid any issues, to have better adherence, to maintain more muscle, so on and so forth. And I gave her like 18 different like numerical ratios of like <laughs> deficit to maintenance phase. Um, and I was like, it's just, I just happened to not mention it in that podcast. I probably mentioned two, one or two, two, or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, but I think that's the key. And, and I think one of the bigger parts inside of nutrition that applies to individual individualizing the pro, uh, process is actually adherence in, you know, in training. Like I think that there's like a couple key things with, with training that allow somebody to adhere better. Like a, how many times a week can you get to the gym? If you tell me three and I give you a six day program, it's obviously not going to work. Um, so that's a big one. Um, and I think enjoyment is actually the other big one. Now we can go into mechanics and make sure that somebody can actually execute properly too. Um, and I think that's kind of like, that's your method. Those are the adjustments along the way. But at the beginning, I, I always like to ask people, and this is not a standard park you question, like what kind of training have you enjoyed and what kind of training have you hated? And I let them like, give me a list of like, well, like I really enjoy CrossFit cause it's really intense, but my joints hurt afterwards. Or I really love doing a bro split. And I'm like, okay, I might not agree with the bro split completely, but let me ask you why you enjoy that. Well, I just love focusing on one muscle, getting a burn, getting a pump. I'm like, okay, I can implement elements of that while still having a better overall approach to your programming. Um, but it's, that's not science, right? That's enjoyment. Um, and I think like adherence to the plan is a big one. Now in nutrition, I think there's even more of those things. Like, again, going back to like, have you tracked before? Like, do you like, a more high carb approach or a low carb approach? Like what have you read and studied on? Because some people are so like, I've had people that just say, Oh, like a, a low carb approach just works better with me. 
And I know that's not the case, but there's something that happened in their life that made them believe that. So I have to kind of pick that apart and understand what their lifestyle is like, what's important to them, what um, education sources they've looked to or valued. Um, and I think there's so many aspects inside of just life and just being a human being that implement that need to be individualized from an adherence standpoint more than anything else. Because again, it's like, okay, the principle is create a calorie deficit for fat loss. There's, here's the methods that we can use to do that. Which one of those are going to fit this person best? And then all the rest is just coaching, right? It's just how we deliver that to make sure they can adhere to it. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong because, and I almost get defensive to the term individualized, depending on who's saying it, because it's turning into a buzzword, just like flexible dieting or, or, or even evidence-based now is kind of like a buzzword of like, people are saying it, but they don't even really know what it means. And I think that I get defensive with the individualized aspect because some people say this is an individualized program, but just because you have a couple adjustments that you can make and that doesn't make it that like coaching is, is where you can't really buy an individualized program. You have to buy coaching, I feel like. And that's, that's what makes it individual, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And I think, I think one of the biggest things, and I, I think throughout the years that that changes for people too, that that's always in flux, I think, because the buzzword, I think back when, let's say in 2013, 2014, when I started and Alex and I started physique development, the buzzword was customized. And it was, I remember people calling out other people, like people just get lost in the semantics of things and people get lost often within the nitty gritty detail that doesn't matter. And I'm not sure quite what that is, but I'm thinking, trying to think through it. Not that it's going to help anyone, but it'll help bring clarity to my own life. But there were people at that time being called out for, or it was like a badge of honor if you, for every new client, you started a brand new Excel doc or a brand new pages document or whatever. And it's like, that doesn't make it individual. You could copy and paste it after starting a new one. I don't understand why the badge of honor is from there. And honestly, I think it comes from a standpoint of trying to find a leg up on whoever you're, whoever you think you're up against. And I think that in and of itself is just the wrong way to approach anything but especially from a coaching standpoint and, and something to give your client a good product. And whether you're looking at it, obviously a nutrition program and depending on how we all set it up differently as coaches, right? So ours is based through, um, you know, a, a pages document on, on Mac and I go in and basically just duplicate. I, I read through the questionnaire and I'll go in and, because there's built in on the back end of it, there's built in calculations of, you know, percentage of deficit and percentage of carbs based, you know, on grams per lean body mass and all, every, all of that other stuff on the back end of it and that the client never sees, but how I basically choose what format sheet I use has to do with their questionnaire and based off of when they train during the day. Cause I, there seems to just be this, you either tr there's hot times that people train and usually it's the first thing in the morning it's at lunch or it's after work. Like it's a pretty standard across the board, three options, right? So for me, like I'll just go in and duplicate, let's say just, this is not my client, but Sarah's nutrition sheet. And obviously I'm going to change all the metrics in the back end, but 
it's, I just duplicated her document so I could keep the structure and that meal timing is generally the same. And then I kind of change things up as let's say Denise needs it, you know? And so obviously I'm not starting a brand new doc. I mean, I am through duplicating it, but you need to look at individualizing things differently. Like you need to individualizing things doesn't mean it's a brand new document for every, you know, each and every client. It doesn't mean it's a brand new X, Y, Z or whatever. It just means that you've gone in, you've based things off that individual. You've based things off of that questionnaire, all of their answers you've based your documents off of. And that, you know, if that means we generally start people off training wise on, there's usually two or three different options we'll start people on that we'll choose from based off their, where they're coming from with their training history. Uh, so typically where people have spent the most time recently, we go the opposite of that because they typically have a high, whether it's a, you're using the terminology of they have a high MRV or they have a high trainability within that system, whatever terminology you're using, whatever system they haven't been doing for a long time, we're going to try that out. And that we're going to mix that with, again, going back to what do you enjoy? What's been working? What has been working? Are there exercise limitations? Because if there's exercise limitations, let's say I want to go through a neurological strength phase, but you can't bench squat, deadlift, or do overhead press or do anything that requires kind of one of those like big six movements. Well, shit. Well, I'm kind of stuck. So I'm going to have to stick to machines and some more dumbbell based work and get a little creative. And so maybe a neurological strength phase isn't the best option. So maybe I'll go this route. Maybe I'll go a little bit more tension based hypertrophy work, a little higher rep range, a little, you know, longer rest periods, whatever else relative to what they were doing. So it is a little different, but it's not the same. And that'll free up some, some momentum for us to kind of transition and, and progress this. So, but I want to just highlight for those coaches listening that don't get so wrapped up in the semantics and the nonsense of what you're arguing with either the, the peers around you or your colleagues, like don't get lost in that shit, get lost in the details of what that individual needs, get lost in the details of what's on their questionnaire and how can you show up for Denise, you know? And a lot of that has to do with asking really good questions in an assessment phase. So like, what are some things, um, that you're asking within your assessment phase that you just get really good since you've changed it? Cause I've noticed over the years, like we've changed ours more and more. And it seems like every six months we're always changing it or adding a question or taking or replacing a question. Um, so what is one of those questions or a multiple, multiple, you know, multiple questions that you're asking people that you find that just, this is a needed question for the coaches listening to add to their questionnaire or, any clients listening, make sure you're, or any people interested in coaches that are listening, be, you know, you want to see if that coach asked this question or, or whatever. Yeah. Before I dive in, I just got to add to what you said. I think it's a really, really good point. And I've actually never heard anybody talk on that, but it's because it, I remember that the whole badge of honor thing you spoke on. Like, I remember that. And I think that if you look at really what really great coaches, or I even know for me, people I've hired to run, write my programming or like uh, programs I've just purchased from different people, they all have a method, right? They all have a style of training and the, the individualization really just comes in the small adjustments along the way, whether that happens right at the beginning or as they get feedback from the client as they go. 
Um, so I would agree with you. And I would like having like, I know for us, like that's why method is in the new company name. Like we actually have a method of how we look at the client's nutrition over the first few months, like in, in kind of like a step-by-step process of how we go into that and how we begin to make adjustments. Um, but I think the same thing applies to training. Like I have a very specific approach of how I look at training, how I kind of um, approach the hierarchy, which I think is different than most people because most people unfortunately start with volume, intensity, frequency, because that's what research tells us. But in practicality, I don't think that's the first thing you should be looking at. Um, but I have a method of, of a specific way of setting up even a single day of training where I have a specific sequencing. I have specific styles of movement, specific splits that I typically run with, but that's what makes my method, my method, right? And my adjustments come down when it's like, Oh, this person has a back issue. They are not back squatting. What's a good squat pattern that we can place there that stills allow them to um, achieve the, the thing we are trying to achieve the adaptation we are looking for and progressively overload over time. But the method is still there, right? Like my sequencing, all that stuff. So I think that's really, really important because I do the same thing. Like I have my templates, quote unquote, of like my training splits and models and different example clients. And then when I get somebody in after assessing them, I take the template that fits them best and I just adjust that for them. Um, And then as time goes on, I get feedback. And that's when I start playing with things and we try new things and adjust things. Um, But yeah, I I think starting from scratch every single time is not a badge of honor. It's a waste of time. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a lack of efficiency and effectiveness within your coaching. And honestly, on the behalf of a coach, I've done that. I I took play in some of that badge of honor because I'm like, well, shit, if these guys are talking about this, then I should try and do that, right? And I just, over time, it just didn't make any sense. And then it seemed like there was just less clients I could take on. It was more stress on my plate. And I ended up writing very similar programs over and over again, which I think helped in the long run of helping me program and understand a lot of the systems that I, you know, have evolved over the years. But with that said, I I think you're just, you're focusing in on the wrong things and you're, or is it getting lost? The, I always fuck this up. It's, um, (laughs) the trees through the forest thing. The forest for the trees. Yeah. Right. It's the forest for the trees. Missing the forest through the trees. And, you're just, you're focusing on the wrong things and you're getting lost in the minutia of the details that actually don't really matter. And I can promise you no client or no potential client is going to get on the phone with you and ask, are you going to have a brand new, like, I'm going to check the date that this document was created. Cause I'm a, I'm a computer whiz and I can go in and check that stuff. And if it's not, then I, I can't hire you. And it's like, no one's going to say that ever, you know, like as long as it's built for them, they understand that it's built for them. and You've listened to what they have to say. And like if you and one of the biggest things I think it's that I've learned too in individualizing programming and ex- individualizing an experience with a coach, I think is a big thing. And meeting people where they're at. And so that's one of the biggest things that I I'll say that on the I have a call here in an hour. And I'm gonna say just that line. We're here to meet you where you're at. And I say that on most calls because that's what we do. We're here to meet you somewhere in the middle of where you're coming from and where you want to go. And we're going to find a, a place within that continuum to start at. And eventually we're going to make progressions from where you were. And then we're going to progress more and more on that continuum towards where you want to end up. And if we get there all the way by the point you're done with us, awesome. But if if not, then we at least made, we made strides. And so 
that individualized, individualizing experience is a big thing. And as, as a coach as well, I just want to mention one last thing before I hand it back over to you is be sure to make notes. One of the biggest mistakes I've made as a coach over the years is just blatantly not making notes and royally messing something up in terms of like a client not feeling seen or feeling heard or listened to because let's say they're like, Hey, I just, this leg press isn't really working out for me. Maybe in the next phase, we don't, we don't run with the leg press. And I answer that email with, yeah, man, sounds great. I'll, I'll find another way to load the quads or the, the glutes in, in that, you know, rep range or within that type of stimulus. I'll, I'll figure out another way. Maybe we'll, we'll run with hack squat, or maybe we'll run with a, a dumbbell split squat or something like that, that, you know, hopefully isn't a total strain on the spine, but also trains the quads or glutes or whatever we're looking for. And if I say that, and in that next phase, I put leg press, like, what are you doing? You know, and on their behalf, like, thankfully I, I work with some really, really great people and they're like, Hey man, I don't know if you made a mistake or you just kind of put this in there. But I remember I, we kind of talked about this and I was like, you know what? My, that's really my bad, man. I, I own up to that. I just, I made the note, but I didn't even look at it or sometimes, you know, there was times that I didn't even make notes. So I'm just like, yeah, I'll, I'll remember, you know, <laughs> you don't remember like you're, you have a certain wavelength or, you know, capacity to to remembering things, especially those little details. So coaches listening, make notes and own up to your mistakes, take responsibility for your actions. But the big thing is just take notes and individualize the experience from yeah. doing that and listening. I've, I've done that too. And I think like that whole individualizing the experience, that's, that's what I mean by it's, it's less about the what's delivered and more about the process that gets individualized. And even, and that's kind of what I meant by like, the templates and even the way we deliver a nutrition prescription, we have a specific format of how we deliver that. And, and the reason we've built that is because after working with literally now thousands of people, we've understood how they're going to literally be able to read this and apply this best, right? Yes, the numbers change. Yes, the nutrient timing changes. Yes, the workout nutrition supplementation, the guidelines, all these things change. But there's also certain things that don't how you read, where your calories should be, it doesn't change because this is easy to read. And even things like how much fruit and vegetables I, I recommend, it's probably going to stay the same for 90, 90% of people. So why am I going to adjust this? Unless it's a hundred pound female contest prepping, I might lower the fruit consumption just a little bit, but very, most likely I'm probably going to recommend two to three servings of fruit every day for everybody. Right. So I'm just going to leave it there. Um, and I think that's where like me rewriting that every time doesn't make it individual. Um, and as far as your question on the questionnaire, um, it's a good question because mine has definitely changed over time as well. Um, and now that we have a team, we kind of collectively decide what we need to add in there. Um, but I, I think what's, what's funny about noticing what has changed is it's far more about personality type and adherence that has changed and, and far less about like the physiology. Um, we're always going to ask for age, weight, height, sex, uh, previous diets, um, current intake, things like that. Um, but I'm much more focused on asking about, do you have kids? Um, what's your non-negotiable? Um, what's your work schedule? What's your sleep like? Uh, any stressors? Uh, any injuries in the past? Um, foods that you like, foods that you don't like? What kind of training programs have you done in the past? Which ones did you like? Which ones did you, did you not like? What has worked for you? When was the last time you dieted? Like, there's so many nuanced questions now um, that we've added. And we've probably, in, just in 2019, I think we changed it like four or five times um, just because we've added questions in. And it's like over 30 questions now, which 
I, I don't tell people until they already are in because at that point they're in because <laughs> I don't want to overwhelm them. But I like detail and I want to know. Um, I, I basically want to know what your daily life looks like. And and the cool thing about us is we always, and I think you guys are the same, we always do a call prior anyway just to make sure it's a good fit. Um, and when on that call, I'm asking a lot of those questions, but to get more detail out of them. Because sometimes people will fill out the questionnaire and it's like... Very vague. <laughs> yeah, very vague. <laughs> like, uh, how much sleep are you getting? Enough. And it's like, okay, well, debatable. But um, yeah, right. But uh, a lot of them is just more personality types. Like I want to know more about like uh, like a good example of that too is like um, I ask about your personality type and I give some examples of like, um, do you like to go with the flow? Do you like to plan ahead? How far ahead do you like to plan? Are you the person that makes the plans in your family? Like it, they sound very weird, but they're actually taken from a psychology tests that determine people's personality type. Um, and it kind of allows us to understand how much specificity this client needs. Because for some people, it might we're, we're starting with calories and protein and nothing else. And then for other people, we're calories, macros, a periodization plan that they can actually see on a calendar. And then what your refeeds look like, what your cardio looks like, what your nutrient timing looks like, all the guidelines, supplementation, and they thrive off that specificity. Other people, that stresses them the fuck out. And they're like, no way in hell. Um, so I think like for me over time, it's been much more about um, the personality type stuff and, and adherence and just personal life. So we can really like you even kind of said this in a different way, but we really focus on like fitting the nutrition plan to the individual's life versus trying to fit this person's life into a nutrition plan. Right. And I, I think there's, and there, I mean, individualization too, is it goes, comes down to so many different facets, but like, I remember attending a seminar, a mental Henselman seminar back in 2017 when I lived in Australia. And I remember he was even talking about like he looks at his client's hands because he wants to know, are their fingernails clipped? Do they bite their nails? Damn. Are there, do they have a bunch of tattoos or do they have a, cause there's things that you can start to almost assume from people like a type a neurotic needs to have planned out things. Person is not going to have super long, gross fingernails. Just probably not going to happen. Right. So even down to that stuff, like you can just start to really observe. And that's, the, I think that's one of the biggest things that I just want to highlight too, is just that word observe and obser observation through, especially online is tough, but it takes skills that you gain over years and years of experience. And you start to observe more things and you start to, you start to pick up on different language. Um, you know, you're learning your client through email and through phone conversations and voice messages you may send back and forth and you're picking up on all these verbal cues. And another question that I really like that I got, uh, from my friend Luke Tollick is something he talks a lot about with his clients or tries to get out of them are these friction points. And so, and I, I know you just talked to, uh, Dr. Mel Davis about some things related more to kind of the psychology of things, but and we kind of listened to that at the RP summit when we were there together. And, but you think about these friction points that people have, especially when it comes to nutrition, but even training, like what comes down, like what's a friction point within your decision-making? Like if this happens, I'm going to emotionally eat and you know, what? you're going to have some clients, like I've had clients throughout the years that if something happens emotionally, they turn to food. Like that's a friction point for them. It, no matter what, or if they go, and they're put into this situation, that's a friction point and they're going to make a bad decision or historically they, they start to make bad decisions or, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so there are these so many different little things, um, 
but learning people's friction points and learning how to teach them to stay away from them. Cause as coaches, we have so much experience, you know, through this and it's hard to think back. What was I thinking at when I first started and what was I being told when I first started and where was the confusion when I first started? And it's so hard years and years down the line to go back and think about the specifics and the nitty gritty that these everyday people who aren't coaches, who aren't with this stuff every day, who aren't coaching, you know, collectively as a team, thousands of people, right? Like they're not seeing this, they're not observing this and they're not seeing this unfold in front of their eyes and getting experience throughout it. So I think that it's, if we boil it, like almost everything we're talking about right now down to one thing, it's communication. And I think that's, that's where really good coaches or truly individual individualized coaches shine. And a lot of coaches who aren't fail. Um, but I also think that it, especially this is a special, especially in the physique, uh, bodybuilding world, um, with like prep clients. But I remember like, someone sent me a DM of a screenshot. It was a screenshot of a tweet of like a really well-known coach. And he basically said, if you are a coach and you can't respond back to your client within two hours on update day, uh, like you're not a great coach, some shit like that. And I was just like, okay, first, if you're responding that quick, your emails are one line sentences in that. And I've had bodybuilding prep coaches that are like very like drop 20 carbs, do this, bye. And it's just like, done, done, done. Like no emotion, no communication, no education inside of that. Um, that doesn't make you a good coach because you can ramble off adjustments super quick. Um, you're not educating anybody and you're not delivering value through like, essentially like, I, I know it sounds bad to hold somebody's hand, but holding somebody's hand through the process teaches them what's going on so they can sustain it long-term. Um, and then the other part of that is like, or you have so little clients that you don't have any experience. <laughs> so it doesn't make you a good coach either because I know for me, there's no way in hell I could respond back to all my clients in, within a two hour period on, on update day. And I was actually baffled this guy said that. Um, and somebody sent it to me and I was like, my email responses are extremely in depth and therefore it takes me much longer to get through. Like Mondays, um, I made an exception for this week because we're doing some of the promo stuff for the new site and everything. But Mondays, I usually literally, my whole schedule just says emails. I don't do anything but emails and then almost all of Tuesday as well because I get all my updates on Sunday, Monday. So I spent all day Monday, Tuesday just emailing people. But it takes me that long because I'm giving well thought out answers. And if I make an adjustment, I'm going to tell you exactly why and what my probable next um, adjustment is going to be. You know what I mean? And like why we're doing this, what the process is. I want you to really understand and kind of really like build a coach out of you because nobody's going to hire a coach for the rest of their life. Like that's just the reality of things. And so like real good coaches are going to teach them how to not need a coach for the rest of their life. And I have a lot of people who have been with me for a long time. And most of the time, it's not because we're still chasing a result. It's because they enjoy the accountability. They, they like, like, I don't like writing my own training program. So it's nice having somebody just do it for me, like, and, and seeing what they're going to do. Like, I don't need it, but it's, and it's like kind of like a luxury that I pay for, but I enjoy that. I'm past the point of like, I need this timeline result. But point being is I think that it boils down to that really good communication. And, and part of that is education too. Yeah. I think it's amazing. And I, I think <sighs> coaching goes so many ways and there's so much that we can take and learn from so many different areas of coaching and types of coaching and, and genres of coaching, you know, and so many different ways to communicate a message uh, to, again, individualize a message to someone. Like I 
even going back to communication and individualizing communication, I think it's, it's huge that you learn who your clients are more and more because how you're communicating with them could either be completely building them up or completely tearing them down with the same sentence, with the same feedback you're giving someone else that, you know, brings them up or tears them down. So I think one of the biggest things is trying to realize and learn more about your individuals you're working with. And systems are one thing. And within systems, hopefully you have your, let's say the principles, which let's call the trunk of the tree. And then you have your systems that are kind of, you know, those bigger branches of the tree. And then you have those little tools that are kind of those split off branches from the bigger branches, right? Like there's this, this, there's those foundational principles that just are the root of everything and the trunk of everything and that hold everything and tie everything together. And then there's just this expansive network of experience that you've built over the years and different systems you have in place or different methods you may have for this type of client or this type of transformation or this type of whatever. Uh, and I think one thing too, just observe as a coach, observe other coaches. And like, I've learned a ton, from, you know, I learned a ton from you. I learned a ton from a lot of the coaches I'm around and it's just, it's, it comes down to being observational, not only within your coaching practice, but as a coach to other coaches. And it doesn't even have to be within the physique and bodybuilding world in, or the personal training world. And growing up, I think I grew a little bit more empathetic to communicating with others because I wasn't met with what I needed growing up from a sports perspective. Most of my coaches growing up just screamed at me, like just straight up yelled. I don't respond well to yelling. I, I just don't. I, I don't think it's encouraging. I think it's, I think it's stupid. And when you're that mad and irrational, you're not coherently putting anything together anyways. And so what are you even trying to say to me? alongside, I don't respond well to this. So I'm either going to laugh or I'm going to get super pissed and say something, you know, super sarcastic or witty as a, you know, like I'm not in any emotional position. And especially growing up, you have to understand too, like where your people are. So if you, if you're listening to this and you handle kids, like understand how emotionally immature they are, like they don't know what you're trying to convey to them. They don't understand the deeper meaning to life. They don't understand the deeper meaning to the message you're even talking about. They know what they wanted to do. And they know that you're pissed because you didn't do it the way you wanted them to do it. But past that, how you communicate your message, you're, you're building them up and teaching them something that they're going to use next time, or you're just tearing them, beating them down to a place where they don't even want to be around you yet alone, you know, yet learn from you at all. So I, I think communication probably is at the, probably the forefront. I, I think I like that you said that just because how you communicate and how you deliver something is, is so impactful. I think to some many different, many different results that we can get with clients. And I think I mentioned this this morning on, on a podcast, but going back to um, just understanding that this business that we're in, this, this life that we've chosen as a professional is a human-based service. We are a human-based people 
business. Like if you're not a people person, if you're not in it for the human that you're working with, it's going to be hard or you better find a different sector to work in within this industry because, or you're going to be fighting tooth and nail for new clients all the time. And I think I mentioned, I think I mentioned this morning, something I brought up on on the podcast this morning. And basically from there, I kind of just talked about how, you know, January is usually a good month for coaches and, you know, December, January, February, like that's, we're rolling into the new year. People are either deciding at the new year that they want to change or they've decided they can't do it themselves and they need a coach by February. And, you know, we typically have really good months within December, January, and February. And a lot of that success for myself, and I know it does for those and the colleagues I surround myself with, but it comes from reoccurring clients. It comes from people just signing back up. You know, you're not fighting tooth and nail or doing a, a ton, you know, a ton of promo stuff. You don't need all these sales, you know, reduced pricing, and you don't need all of this stuff if you're doing what you should be doing the other nine, 10 months out of the year, because you're building these, you're cultivating these relationships with others. You're building these relationships with those people who, again, are your kind of your Nick, Nick Sorrell put it in a way of like your, your worker ants, you know, they're, they're those people that may or may not do anything towards like propelling your business forward. Like they may sign up for a month period or three month period or something or buy your one-off program for $40. But that worker ant could tell 10 to 20 people about your product and your service. And you could sign up five or 10 of them and you're into, you know, your one-on-one coaching that literally just stemmed from having a good interaction, a human-based interaction with someone who bought a $30 product from you. Like you truly don't know. And it's such a human-based thing. And so, uh, I actually just visited a, I think this was absolutely brilliant. I went to a gym in here in Denver called fitness in the city. And basically this guy had a coaching system that he calls, that he calls heads up coaching. I hopefully he's going to patent or copyright this thing. Cause it's ingenious. He calls it heads up coaching. And basically it's a group fitness coaching class, but when you walk in the door, you pick up a, there's three colors basically. So he has this board with heads up coaching on it and like basically three different colors that represent something different. So blue represents I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I'm only here to be here. So you walk in, you put a blue, a blue bracelet on. So he knows as a coach, you're there just to be there. I'm not here to yell at you. I'm not here to encourage you. I'm just here to say, Hell yeah, man, you're here. Amazing. Keep going. And then there's orange, which means, hey, I may want to high five, little encouragement, but don't yell at me for a bunch of other stuff. And then there's red. Be in my ass, essentially. Like, get on my shit the whole time because I want to be better and better and better. And that's red. And so he knows within this group coaching exactly how people are coming in mentally. And he knows exactly how to handle them. He knows exactly what to do, what to say, how to encourage them, how to back them. And if you should say anything at all to him or just smile and wink and give a nux when he passes by. Right. And so I thought that was ingenious. I'm like, fuck, if that isn't individualized, like that is amazing. And it's one of the hardest things to do is individualized group coaching. And man, if he hasn't done something amazing with that. And I was like, I've, 
gone and traveled and educated coaches and trainers around the world. And we've witnessed some different coaching or personal training studios that we just observe their sessions from afar. And it's like, they need this system because these clients are miserable the whole time. Like they don't, they, you can tell they hate how they're being coached. Yes, they want the result that's going to come, but they hate every moment of this. And honestly, they're trying to fight every urge they have to walk out the door and never come back. So I thought that was pretty ingenious. And yeah, I think that just goes back to saying like, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of the book, Emotional Intelligence. And the second one, I think it's just Emotional Intelligence 2.0, but just being able to read your clients, right? So in an online setting, we can't have them wear a bracelet. I love that idea though. It's, that is Isn't that awesome? really that is so cool. Such a good idea. Um, in our world, that comes from encouraging in-depth conversations so we can see where they're at. Um, when you start having a client confide in you about things that have nothing to do with training and nutrition, you won. You're in a good position. They're being honest. They trust you. And then you can begin to really see what their personality is like, their emotional intelligence, and then you can better coach them, um, encourage them, motivate them. You can, because I have some clients where I can be very blunt with and like tell them you need to get your shit together and other clients where I have to really beat around the bush and do it very carefully. But it's from those conversations that lead me to a place where I can do so. Um, and I think even um, there was a few few points you made that really like kind of stuck light bulbs in my head. And one of them was just... Um, this is one of the things that encourages me to create so much content because it allows people to build trust with me before they even start with me. So when somebody starts, they're already kind of in this path of, I know you understand how I work. I know you agree with my methods and you already trust me. And now it makes it that much easier for me to coach you, um, which makes my job a lot easier. But again, that's, that's one of my big drivers of, of content. Not only I love the creative process of educating people, but also it kind of, uh, it's like a prerequisite to working with us because now you understand our philosophy and you agree with our morals and you trust us enough to apply. Um, and going back to your whole uh, New Year's thing, 100% agree. I take a pride in the fact that we never drop prices on our coaching. Um, we will drop prices on like eBooks on like my birthday and stuff like that. But like New Year's and stuff, people are like, "Oh, are you doing any New Year's special?" Nope, coaching is never discounted because this is this is what we do for a living and there isn't a shortage. So we're just going to keep delivering the highest value we can. And we expect in return, like a, a high dollar price. Like, I mean, obviously not like ignorant levels of money to pay for coaching, but point being is like, we're not going to drop pricing because we've built that trust over the year um, through content and, and just creating that over time. So um, I a hundred percent agree, dude. Yeah. I think it's a good transition too. on kind of you just talking about what's up next. Like, what are you cooking up? What's this, what's all this talk about a, a rebrand and a new name and a new, a new everything. So let's talk about that. It's pretty crazy, man. Cause I, so it's been in the works. It's been in the back of my head for the last couple of years. It's literally been in the works for the last like six or seven months, just working with, um, I mean, just, uh, like working with the secretary of state to legally change the name, uh, working with lawyers to file trademarks, uh, working with the web team to completely redesign our website, which I'm super, super excited about. As we're recording this, I believe it's launching on Thursday, but I'm waiting to get the word tonight if it's actually ready to go. And if it's not, then it's probably gonna be next Tuesday. But um, point being that alone has been like four or five months of like redesigning the website, rewriting all the copy. And we created it in a way that is extremely user-friendly so people can more easily 
get content. Like that was like the number one driver of why we did it. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that. But um, long story short, I mean, I created Boom Boom Formants. It's crazy, but nine years ago now, um, when I was 18, I first started training and trying to lose weight. And it actually started as bfitlivegreat.weebly.com. It was like a horrible blog blog name and type out that email. So Cody at, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Be fit, live great. Yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't even pay for the URL. So I had to have that dot Weebly cause it was like this template right, drag right. and drop website creator. But I started writing blogs on there while I was writing for medium.com as well. And then, um, writing for the school newspaper, uh, for the fitness column. And then I was also writing articles for the blog at my gym that I was working at or interning at. Um, I started really getting into writing about my fitness journey. That was like my only, like I had tried every fad diet and fad training program, all these different things uh, at a young age, trying to lose weight after high school and just couldn't, I graduated young. So I was like, I was 17 out of school, adulthood, just trying to lose weight basically. And it took me a good year to finally find some good uh, influences in the space that were actually educating. And it was at the time, some of it was on T Nation. I feel like T Nation's kind of not not to throw them under the bus, but it's kind of getting into like really like a marketed like it's a lot of marketing around their supplement stuff. But there's still some good articles on there. Um, it, it it's it's you got to choose who what author you're reading from, basically. Absolutely, I think the fundamental. I mean, they they started moving that route back in what would have like been bio test and stuff. Yeah, I mean, they were selling the back end of a. I mean. Yeah, there's on the back end. It's a product based thing. Like they're trying to yeah. sell these things, and and you got to yeah. And you, I mean, that's a business. And so, I think as an end consumer, it's nothing against that company as much as it is. You just have to be responsible about how you're consuming the content. So, exactly. find authors that you trust and respect, and if you know, don't discredit it because it's on that platform. But maybe start to fact check. You know, if you read an article that you're just like, I could see that's pretty cool, but what about this? And so maybe dive deeper into other, that same topic by other authors and see if things start to correlate or kind of have parallels between them. And if they do, maybe it's a little bit, you know, maybe there's validity to it. Maybe, maybe it's something that you should actually, you know, trust, but I think it's just all about responsible content. It is. And you can't get mad about that stuff. Like, I mean, I know people like, Oh, I love Joe Rogan, but there's too many fucking commercials in the beginning. It's like, well, how do you expect the guy to make money off these podcasts? Just fast forward. Like, <laughs> of course, or go to YouTube. Like there's no, it, yeah, commercial. Exactly. there's no, nothing on, you know? So, um, but I, I started reading that. I started reading, uh, a lot of Nate Green, a lot of Jay Ferrugia back in the day, just guys that were like, kind of like starting this whole online blogging and inner circle. And, and I don't even know if online coaching was really a thing then. So I didn't really know how I would build the business off of it, but I just saw that and it helped me really just transfer. I mean, I lost like 45, 50 pounds by just following free information. So I started writing. Um, and then I got a article published on bodybuilding.com. And that's when I was like, man, that is fucking cool. It was like the coolest thing ever to me. And it was like, I, I think I want to like take this more seriously. So I had somebody make me a website and everybody has always called me Cody Boom Boom since high school. So I just was like, Boom Boom Performance makes sense. So I made a blog. It was just a personal blog. Um, years go by of me writing blogs basically every single week while training people in person over the years and just doing my thing. And then eventually somebody in New York, her name was Sarah. Um, she's got a couple shout outs this week on different interviews I've done because I'm telling the story, but she, she was like a Broadway actress or something. And she basically wanted a training done. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's awesome. I'm, I'm humbled, but I live in Seattle. Sorry. She's like, Oh no, I'll, I'll PayPal you. And I was like, huh? Okay. Like that sounds cool. 
did that. And then I started doing it with a couple other people. And then obviously I just, you know, I had a handful of people that I kept online for a few years until I really wanted to make it seriously. And then I, uh, I left the gym and just went all in on this website. And at this point I, there's over 500 blogs. There's tons of videos. I'm on Facebook, Instagram podcasting. Now I'm just trying to put out as much free information as I can. Cause that's all I knew. It's just give, 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 give all this cool content. I love the creative process of that. Um, but I wanted to build this online company. So I started going all that route and I started scaling it and it grew and it ended up getting to a point where I had about a hundred clients online and I was just burnt out. Like I couldn't even really train anymore. I couldn't, like I had no balance in my life. It was just like, I have basically one of two options, raise my prices to levels that I don't even feel like are fair. And I don't think I'm worth yet or get more clients and have even less time to myself. Right. Or I can stay put. So I was kind of like, what do I do? Like I want to help more people. And so I hired my assistant. She came on board. She took over like admin stuff, my schedule, organizing, and it gave me way more time. And basically that allowed me to like get back into training full swing and do a little more content. But there was no way I was going to handle more clients. I mean, a hundred people is just absurd for one individual. So nonetheless, I got back to training my normal like five, six days a week, but I was still burnt out, still not sleeping enough. Um, and then so I brought on a coach, handed her some of my clients. She started taking people and I had another coach. And then it kind of got to this point where we're at now. And this is where like this really started taking effect about six months ago, where I had to decide where I wanted this to go. Um, it was still named after me. And I actually, funny enough, if I really boil it down to like the purpose behind changing it, it it's truly almost out of guilt in a way. Like I actually felt guilty that I was naming this after myself when it had so much more to do with everybody else. Uh, it was a movement at this point. Like um, we're, we're approaching a million downloads on the podcast. So that's like a really big, I'm super excited about that, but that's like a really big thing where we have all these people listening around the world. We have a membership site. We have hundreds of people working with us on the nutrition front. We have, um, the eBooks, like it's just growing and it's not just because of me, it's because of my team and all the help I get from them and the members and participating. And I was like, I got to change the name. I got, I can't have something that is, is named after me and it doesn't even make sense. Like if somebody, like if you hear boom, boom performance, first of all, you don't think, oh, that's the individualized fitness and nutrition coaching company. Got to be. How like, you don't. It doesn't make sense. It was just purely after my nickname. And I didn't plan for what's happening today to happen. But if I'm being completely transparent over the last two, three years, when I've been thinking about this, I've just been too scared. I was worried that people wouldn't continue to follow. I was worried that people would fall off the idea of the brand or, or unassociate themselves with it. But the thing that really ticked with me was when I mentioned it to, um, I read a book called Tribes by Seth Godin, which, or Godin or Godin, I never know Godin. how to say that, but unbelievable book. And then I mentioned it to my team and the way the coaches lit up told me that they were going to feel like they were more of a part of it if I made this switch. And that was like said and done. I have to do this. Um, that's when I got on the phone with the lawyer and started like running through name ideas and he had to check some stuff. So we ended up changing it to the tailored coaching method because to me, tailored is the idea of individualization. Individualization is a buzzword and I didn't want that as a part of my company name, but I needed to describe what we do. And, and we do have a method of how we go about things and we are coaches. Like that's what we take pride in above all else. And to me, tailored just it just fit because that's literally the process of customizing the experience, the training, the nutrition, everything we do. Um, and the thing that it's funny, the thing that really like made it solidified to me was this experience of getting my first suit tailored. And I was going to a wake up warrior event in 2017 and it was a requirement to wear a black and white suit to go in this event. And I was like, dude, I don't have a fucking black and white suit. Like, like straight men in black, like 
and I was like, okay, well, I want to go. So I'm going to go get it tailored. And I've never spent that much money on anything uh, that I wear in my life, but it was such a cool experience because I went in, I got to pick everything and I went with boss Hugo, everything. And then uh, Ted Baker shirt, like the nicest shoes I can get the socks. And then they sat there and, and literally fit it to me. And when I came back, it fits so well that, and I realized like, one, this is like the coolest luxury experience I've ever had. Two, I'm going to be able to wear this suit forever as, unless like I just get really huge, which it's unfortunately is natural. <laughs> it's probably not going to get that much bigger. And then three, nobody else can wear this. Like, this is mine. This is for me. And, and like when I think of Taylor, like I think about that, that experience of like, we're delivering a greater than expected experience. It's a highly premium, valuable service fit to you that will not work for anybody else. Cause we are going to adjust the, the accountability, the communication, the experience, the training, the training, whatever we need to do to make sure, like you said, like meet you in the middle, we're going to make this for you. And that's what we do. And so like, it was actually funny. I was at the impact collective. I was speaking when I actually said the name in my speech and I didn't mean to, but we had been tossing around a bunch of different names and I said it. And as soon as I said it in my speech, I said something about like, I was talking about coaching and I said like, the way we go about it, this is the tailored coaching method. And uh, Travis was taking pictures of me while I was speaking. And I remember him going and like looking up over his camera and just giving me that look like, bro. And I just <laughs> looked at him like, that's it. And then I kept going with my speech because I didn't want anybody to know that we we're changing the name yet. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, so like, when you know, you know, like it's, yeah, it just, yeah. it just clicked, dude. And, and I actually got on the phone with the lawyer that like I texted him right after that. I was like, this is the name. Can you go check it out? Um, so like uh, people on YouTube can see this, but like, so our, our logo is very, very similar to the current one, okay, just like different, it, yeah. different letters. Um, just change boom, boom to tailored basically. And then performance and nutrition to coaching method. But um, yeah, man, I mean like, it's just been this like long ongoing thing. It's been really scary because I've had this, this brand name for eight plus years. So in a way I'm attached to it and I am keeping the podcast, the boom, boom performance podcast because you know, it's, it's to me, boom, boom performance is like life performance, whatever I want to make of it essentially. Um, yeah, and you, the, the podcast world is something altogether different. Like people, exactly. people consume the podcast based off of, you know, like if Joe Rogan, uh, you know, changed the Joe Rogan experience to something else, like that didn't have his name in it, mm -hmm. people would be thrown off. I mean, yeah, you know, maybe instead of 500 million downloads, he gets a hundred million, but I mean, nonetheless, like it's still a big impact on that, on that medium that platform. So I think, you know, I, one, I like the new art that you put up there. I think that was really good. And, um, that's clean and, and very easy to read. And I think keeping the podcast for sure, the boom, boom performance podcast is, is smart. And, but I, I love the name, man. I remember you, you texted it to me and I'm like, hell yeah, this is awesome. I, I was excited for you. I remember we, we rebranded back in 2016. So, I mean, I understand the rebranding process to that degree of, Whew, this is kind of scary. I remember having to talk Alex into it because he wasn't he wasn't on board at first. He was just like, "No, I don't. I, why do we have to change? I don't want to change it." And so, at that time, I was basically it came down to I was graduating university, and I was like, "Holy shit, I'm gonna be like out in the world, adults. I gotta pursue this as if I'm pursuing this full time, like." is campus physique what we're going with? Yeah. Like, is that, and thinking about it, I was like, we're not, we're not attracting the people we want to attract. Like we're, we're attracting a different crowd than we want to otherwise work with in the future. And 
what's the longevity of this brand name? What's the longevity of this altogether? And then um, I remember like we've, we've talked about it since and it's funny to look back on, but obviously like neither of us can think about the brand anything else other than physique development now. But well, and that's pretty similar too, because I'm uh, people will take physique development so much more seriously right. than that just because it applies to a, a, a much wide, like you guys can help a 40 year old who, who needs coaching, but he's not going to hire campus. To, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. different. And even like, and this is, this is kind of funny. And this isn't what, this isn't something that heavily influenced me, but I remember this is actually hilarious. I went to the dentist and I hadn't been to the dentist in a very long time. Let's just say that so much so that the receptionist still worked there and she was like, Oh my God, I haven't seen you. And I was like, Oh God. Yeah. And so the, the other lady, the secretary was sitting there and she overheard us talking. She's like, what have you been doing since high school? I haven't seen you since then. And I was like, Oh, you know, I started like a fitness insurance company and blah, blah, blah. She's like, Oh, what's called? I was like, Oh, it's boom, boom formats. And the lady over here laughed and it like, I'd be lying if I said it didn't piss me off. But right, I like yeah. turn and she was like, say boom, boom. And I was like, yep. And she was just kind of like, huh, what do you do? And so like, yeah, this is probably like, I could have easily just kept my cool, but I was like, oh, you know, we're approaching million downloads on the podcast. We have YouTube, we have 200 plus nutrition members, 200 plus elite member. Like, and I just started going off on all these people we help and things to do. And she was just like, oh, and yeah. I was like, it's not funny. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. But, but <laughs> But at the same time, I was like, this is just another reason why, like, you know, if I'm scaling this to a point where it's not just a personal blog anymore, like this is something where, you know, I have a team of five other coaches, not including me, who are creating a career under me. And I have a media guy who's creating a career. We have a facility now, like I'm speaking on stages and, and like, this is sometimes I can't even comprehend. It's like, this is fucking wild, like that we're even doing some of this stuff but this is how I wanted it to be. Like I wanted to build and grow my reach to a certain point, but it has to change. It ha- the name has to reflect that. And we have to, and eventually I want to, you know, like one of the things I want to speak at when I go to some seminars is I want to teach the tailored coaching method. Right. Like what is my method versus just talking on social media or content or whatever it may be. Yeah, man. I think it's awesome. I think it gives you a, an excellent platform of again, individualizing even the education standpoint of things and moving on, like we go through different transitions as people, but as coaches and the things that we enjoy teaching on. And, you know, there may be a time down the road where you, you may find that you you're done teaching about training and nutrition. You know, it just, it's still something maybe you teach on, but you, you want something greater. You maybe you're wanting to teach the, the tailored coaching method. Like, what does that mean? Like, what is the greater sense of purpose here? And like what this system means and what it's brought to thousands and thousands of people. And I think it's awesome. I think it's opening up so many doors and it's so exciting. And I was so excited for you to, to shoot me a text and not only ask if we could talk about it or just have a podcast, but, um, I mean, you were due anyways for a podcast because I, uh, I'm, I'm starting to go through people I've had on that I want to have back on. And I'll, so I was getting to that point anyways, you're like on the top of, you're like number three on my list of like reach back out to, to Cody. Um, but when you text me, I was like, hell yeah, let's talk about it. Um, let's, let's have another podcast. And especially over, over a topic of individualization, because I think that's something that you and I both do well. And both of our, the companies that we're, you know, co-own or own or be are associated with do really well. 
um, from a nutritional training standpoint. And so I, I was hyped to do it, honestly. And I'm just hyped for the name. I'm hyped for the rest of your team because I can tell you right now as well, like it's cool to see your team has bought in as they are. I know I haven't met any of them, but just seeing them come out or seeing like from a, you know, a separate lens of your team coming out from around the world to, to come to your facility and be a part of something greater, uh, was really cool just to see on social media and just kind of starts to piece together some things that were going on and how exciting that must've been for you guys. And just to know that you're doing this to, benefit them as much as you are yourself, I think is something that's truly amazing. And I know for a fact that you got their buy-in like that much more. So I think it's awesome. I don't want to say turning point because I had made the decision prior to that and they knew that, but when they came and we got to be together and like you said, like I had somebody fly from Germany, somebody fly from London, like it was just like, this is fucking crazy. And they all came in my home and had dinner with my wife and they met my daughter. And that's just like connecting on that level. And then, and then one of the days, like sitting here, we had a uh, speaker come in and, and like, we, I mean, some of us got really vulnerable because that was one of the exercises is like, tell everybody something in here that they do not know. And we were like, like oh, fuck. Like, yeah. and it got deep, but it I've was I've been to a couple of those events. It's pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, dude. It was tough, but it was very powerful for all of us. And then, you know, one point of the time they were here, we sat down and we went through Every single system that we use from literally the first email you send a client, how you reach out to a client, how you like everything, the trackers, the, the forms. And we literally just just critiqued every little aspect of it while we were all here together. So we could like collectively as a unit make things better and better and better. Um, and we just kept doing this this idea of how do we like we already are the tailored coaching method, even though people don't know it yet. But how do we live up to this to a point where we make tailored the new buzzword? Like individualization isn't it anymore because of us. Like I, I like I literally wanted to get to that point. And I and I think like and that's like like that's kind of like the whole chasing the unicorn thing. Like it's you know it's out there, and I'm gonna yeah, like run after you're gonna no get there what. a lot sooner than you think. But <laughs> dude, it's just it, it's just it's powerful. You know, and it was really really cool. And 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 I think we're we're at a point now too where we all had to have this discussion too. Like because. I mean, one of my biggest drivers is knowing that I can help them create the life and career they really dream of um, when I didn't necessarily have somebody that would do it to that ability. I learned a lot and I became very well educated, but it wasn't like I'm going to continue to lift you up so you can literally be here forever if you want to. If you want a career here, that's what it's going to be. You know what I mean? And like I'm in a position where I can allow them to do that. And even going back to what you said about having shitty leaders or shitty coaches, like I remember I'm a very uh, introspective person where I take a lot of notes and I think about a lot of things. So every boss, every mentor, every coach I've hired, every leader I've had, every uh, soccer coach I had growing up, parents, like I remember all the little things that really helped me develop into who I am. And then I remember the things that really turned me off. Um, and, and that allows me to be just as good of a leader from that, you know, but, um, but we sat here and we had to decide too, like, you know, there's kind of like these two camps I see in this coaching space. And it's like, there's, I, I, I say the 3DMJ, 3DMJers because they're, there's some, they're a group of people I've looked up to for almost a decade now, but, um, they are a small unit of people. They have a wait list that's very hard to get on and they're really good at what they do, but they keep it like very tight, you know? Um, and then there's people, and I'm not going to name names in this one cause I think this is a negative, but there's 
companies that are very large and they've scaled and they're very successful financially, but I, I can see their reputation getting worse and worse, um, especially because we are getting tons of clients from them after they're done um, to do it the right way. And I see that they scaled so quick that they are hiring people without any type of regulation. And I mean, there's a very, very thorough process before you become a coach with us. Um, and it's because like you have to be able to do what we do at the level we do it. And, and just hiring people just so you can make more money and take on more clients is just going to lead to a crash. Um, so there's kind of this, this world of like, do we stay small and almost like so individualized that we, we don't scale or do we scale faster and then lose that integrity? And so like, I'm in this like tug of war of like, we have to like, I, I keep getting pulled to scale because we're growing fast, but like I'm pulling back because I want to go slow and I want to keep that integrity of what I know is right. And that is like the three DMJers and the people I've looked up to over the years. So um, it's an interesting time, but we are working really hard of like really, really doubling down on education and being patient and just focusing on the process uh, above all else. And that's why to this day, we've never ran an ad in our life. It's because we don't want to. We don't want to grow that quick. We want to grow at the right rate so we can deliver the service. Um, and I will build the team, but it's a slow process. I mean, we we take people through a, a full internship and then they get beta clients and like the clients know that they're working with the intern. Nobody else knows because they're not publicly a coach yet and we're overseeing. It's like, it's a whole deal, but that's what it takes in, in my opinion. I think that's that's the my trajectory of what I see happening essentially. Yeah, I, I think the 3DMJ parallel is is a good one because they're a, a small giant in that way of, you know, they, they know what they are. They're very self-aware and they are a giant, but they are small and they know that and they, they cherish that. And I think I remember my, the talk that I had with uh, Alberto Nunez on, on the podcast and that one, I just came out and said towards the beginning of that episode of like, man, how, how much have I looked up to you and the rest of 3DMJ on your patience. I mean, you guys could have scaled so fast. And you haven't. And that is admirable. Oh, I mean, they're, they're components of like, maybe I would have done something different here. I would have done something different here. But like, that doesn't matter at all. Like, you guys have done what you've done and impacted an industry and basically forged this path for people to to build a framework and you do have a wait list that's hard to get on and it's incredible and it's incredible to watch it's incredible to to just know that that's possible and i i just admire their patience and i admire your patience a lot and i know you know i know you're a successful guy and i know how much more successful you could even be financially and it's just like knowing that you're you're taking strides and taking steps back taking steps backward to to eventually take the steps forward but it's that patience within the, within the gap there that I think is so, so crucial. And I think it, it's, it's evident within your company. It's evident with, within your business and your content. And yeah, it's something I admire greatly about you. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And, and I'm on the same page as you with 3DMJ. And I think, I don't know if they realize how much they've, cause I think about it all the time, like how much they've influenced my coaching and how many people I've coached and how many coaches I've influenced. And that's a direct correlation of how they influence me. I'm like, man, you guys have no idea. Um, and I think too, man, like a good example of this is like, you know, I see a lot of coaches becoming business coaches over time because business owners will pay more money per month to be coached on business. And I had to make a decision because people were offering me and I was accepting some cause I was helping a handful of people and I really did like helping them. 
um, because it's fun and, and I'm able to help them make more money and do more of what they love and reach more people. And it was successful, but I got to a point where I was like, I like a lot of people ask me this. I have a wait list for this. It makes more money. Do I want to go that route? Like it makes sense when you see the dollar signs. Yeah. And I had to stop and go, that's not why, like, that's not my purpose. That's not why I'm here. Like my purpose is to deliver value inside of training and nutrition and to build this team and to build them up and to allow them to build other people up. And I need to stay in my lane because I know this is just my gut is telling me this, no matter what the money says. And I actually basically eliminated the wait list and just slowly stop taking people on until like, I have like a handful of people I help. And it's not even like business coaching. It's like mentorship. And it's like some guys that I just, they love getting on the phone every week and I love helping them with their business, but also their relationship. And, and I do their training and nutrition. It's kind of like this whole encompassing thing and it's really fun, but I had to take like, that was like a really hard pill to swallow for me. Cause I'm like, these people will pay a lot of money, but it, my integrity and my gut was like, dude, that's just not, that's not where you're here. So like, you need to make a decision which route you want to take. And I had to be like, no, that's, that's not the route. Like going back um, or I'm just staying where I'm at essentially um, and growing slower and growing the right way. Um, but that taught me a lot. That taught me a lot about how to be patient and how to do the right thing and how to understand clarity around like what your actual mission is. I think there's a lot of people as coaches who don't truly know what their purpose is, what their passion is um, and what route to take. And sometimes it's okay. It just takes a long time um, in order to do that. And we spoke on this on the last podcast, but there was a moment for me where I realized that I am an interpreter. Like I don't need to be a researcher. I don't need to be somebody who's writing textbooks. Um, as much as like at first I thought that's what I needed to do because I had to be the smartest person because that's who I looked up to. I realized that the people I looked up to and learned from needed somebody beneath them to interpret it to the general population and affect the masses because research isn't written in coaching application. It's written in gibberish, to be honest. Exactly. It's it's people like us who need to interpret that. And then I think that was a big turning point for me too in, in really learning what route I'm supposed to take essentially. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's incredibly admirable and it's hard to sensibly stay put. And I know it's not what you're doing. Like I know for a fact, that's not what you're doing, but in essence to the, the public, to the, the naked eye, to the layman, it's what you're doing. You stay put and you're, you're happy and you're comfortable within it. And I think that is awesome. And it's, it's not easy to do because you constantly want to be progressing and evolving. And I know you are because you know what you're doing, but it's hard to not always be evolving to those around you. You know, those who are following you and looking up to you, they're like, oh, he's staying put. It's like, what is he doing? And it's like, I know what I'm doing. That's uh, honestly, that's one of the hardest parts too, is because there's some things that, I mean, obviously like, you know, like financially and revenue and things like that. Um, I don't want to say you should always be growing, but like, I think that's something that I'll never publicly share because I think that has nothing to do with what we're providing. So it's it's pointless to show people that growth. So a lot of the growth that is about to happen is all behind the scenes. Um, where I guess as this airs, it already it just happened. But um, like, man, that's been that's been a hard one for me because I'm I'm an open book and I love sharing things. I love telling people stuff and talking to people about stuff. So for me to be working on this rebrand, working on a new site, putting out um, the membership site is going to be rebranded as uh, like. It's basically called the tailored trainer. So it's like literally like your trainer in your pocket. And it's like, we're completely changing how we use the software, everything. But there's all these things I can't tell anybody about. And it's been like just eating me alive. Like, I just want to like talk about all these cool changes that are happening because I'm so excited. Uh, my wife's getting super annoyed because I'm like, I yeah. can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Guess what? 
Well, I'm uh, glad you texted me so you can kind of give your wife a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but no, man, I, I really, really appreciate that. I, I appreciate you letting me come on and talk about it. I appreciate uh, our friendship. I'm super excited for you to come out here because I know that's coming up in less than a month. So that's going to be great. Um, and we'll do another podcast, but um, yeah, man, it, it's, uh, it, it's been a journey. Awesome, man. I, I'm just excited in general. Um, I'm just excited altogether. And so I guess the last thing here is just for you to tell people where to find you. Where's this new business or not, not what is this new business? You just told us that, but where is this new business going to be and what's the site and, and the handles that they're changing and just every, every way to find this. Yeah. So, um, tailoredcoachingmethod.com is the, the site. I'm pretty sure we're at tailored coaching method, just one word on Instagram. There might be a period or an underscore somewhere in there. You know how that is. So, um, I'll fill you in, but, um, tailoredcoachingmethod.com is the new website. Um, it's, it's, so we basically redesigned boom, boom performance, and then we just started changing logos and stuff. So it's, it's the same brand. It's the same company. It's the same mission. It's just a more purposeful title, um, with more direction and more inclusion of others. It's not just me anymore. It's, it's, it's our tribe. It's our team. It's our family. It's the members. So I'm really excited about that. And we made the, the entire, I hired somebody to read, design the website specifically because they were good at making things very, very user-friendly. So the whole purpose behind the website is literally to allow people to do uh, better access content. Like it's just going to be 10 times easier to read through things, see how long it takes to read things, watch the videos on there, see the podcast, like everything is on there. Um, I'm really, really proud of it. And I took some, I took some websites that I really, really enjoyed. And I kind of like used all these different ideas to create what we created. Um, and I'm super, super excited. So that's like the main place is uh, the tailored coaching method. Podcast stays the same. My personal stays the same, all that. So um, I would just love people to go check it out. And then we're, we dropped, by the time this airs, we'll drop a video too. So we're dropping a video on the rebrand and, and it's, it's like a cool epic montage with like a, a drone video kind of thing. So um, I'd love people to check that out too. It's, pro- it's on YouTube and probably Instagram and Facebook too. Go check it out, guys. Thanks, Cody. Um, yeah, I think... There's going to be a lot more from from the two of us and just us as collectives uh, throughout the years. But I'm just I'm excited for the ones we've had and the ones to come for sure. Absolutely, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Hey, guys, Austin here. Thank you again for listening into the episode. It means a lot. If you can, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave the podcast a five star review. This does help us grow and be found by others. Also, just wanted to mention, if you guys are interested in free education based around training and nutrition, be sure to check out physiquedevelopment.com backslash free education, where you'll find free downloads, videos, articles, etc. No strings attached. Again, thank you. Chat soon.